It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. We are coming to you on Friday, November 10th. We welcome everybody in. If you're joining us on YouTube, as a reminder, we are not live, but we will check through the live chat and the comments afterward to read your discussion. We appreciate that. Any questions, thoughts, concerns, etc.? If you're listening on your podcast app, hello, good morning, happy Friday. Uh, Brendan, I mean, uh, you know, nothing really happened for the nothing, Cubs between the last know? time status you and I quo, talked. Status quo, status quo. Now listen, quo. I have a way I want to do this. Okay. I was, was able to join uh, Cody, Luke, and Ryan for an emergency podcast earlier this week uh, because the Cubs have a new manager. We will talk about that. I don't want to go through everything we talked about when he first signed, but we've heard from Jed since. We've heard a little bit from David Ross since. Uh, so I do want to also get Brendan's thoughts since he wasn't able to join the live podcast. But before we touch on that, Brendan, briefly, I want to give you an opportunity because we set it up on the last episode. I would like for you, in your best Pat Hughes impression, your best announcer impression, well, I don't have his please voice. reintroduce to us, given yeah. some new new things, reintroduce the Chicago Cubs middle infield to us. Gold Glovers, Dansby Swanson, and Nico Horner, Corey. Gold wow. Glovers. They were able to get beyond corruption from Rawlings because they were so good. You could not possibly give the award to anyone else. The Chicago Cubs gold glove middle infield. Beautiful. Yes. So Beautiful. Just wanted to start there. You know, so much, has, so much has happened in the past week. I forgot that was last week. Yes. I thought that was like two weeks well, ago. Well, when you and I only speak once a week, sometimes I a know. lot happens. Sometimes nothing happens between you and I last I, speaking, and sometimes everything happens. I will say that entire day, that Gold Glove announcement day, I was going through all the different defensive metrics, and you had uh, uh, Stott from Philly. I thought he was going to win. I right. looked up what glove he's using. He uses a Rawlings glove. Oh my God, mm -hmm. this is over. And there, there are a few fringe metrics that he was better than Nico with. And I thought, all right, it's not going to happen. 
Nico's going to get snubbed. I was shocked he won that Gold Glove Award, even though he deserved it. Yeah. So congratulations. Of course, Dansby's won it before, but Nico yeah. Horner, a much-deserved uh, first Gold Glove, which was something that we hoped would happen once he found himself a, a, a final position, right, on yeah. this roster after kind of doing double duty uh, when he first came up, et cetera. Uh, and also, again, congrats once again to Ian Happ, who wins another Gold Glove, his second in a row. Um, and a real credit to him. We said it the first time he won the gold glove, but you know, this is a guy who obviously did not start his career playing the outfield, left field, had to learn, had to take his lumps, right? And now he's got some pretty significant hardware to show for it. Um, and all that stuff usually helps these guys continue to get paid and, uh, it's good for them. So we're happy for these three guys. Congratulations to them. Uh, yeah. Cody Bellinger, on, on Thursday evening, won a Silver Slugger Award. So you like to see uh, your guys rewarded. It's it's good It's good when the people we root for do good things and get rewarded for and it. And it's a proof of concept that you can take athletes and find positions for them. Nico Horner was playing center field three seasons ago during spring training. And right. I think it was 2020 or 2019, whatever it was. I want to say 2020. And now he's a gold glover. In fact, he could have, and he should have, been up for consideration in 2022 when Dansby won it and he was snubbed mm -hmm. from the finalists. So you think of other guys, we're not going to get into it, but even someone like Christopher Morrell, who's playing first oh. base. <laughs> you knew I was going there, right? And it's not to say that Morrell can be a third baseman, but athletes, guys who are innately middle infielders, which Morrell is, shortstop, second base, you never know. You never know what happens with these, with these certain types of defenders. Yeah, I, I will see if we have time to touch on that. I know you've, you know, sort of expressed your opinion on him not getting that shot at third base previously, you know, in previous years. Uh, but Luke, uh, Cody, Ryan, and I did discuss that on Wednesday evening's episode of the CHGO Cubs podcast. So if you're looking for a, a more full discussion specifically on Christopher Morrell uh, and the report that he would be playing first base in uh, winter ball coming up, we did talk about that if Brendan and I do not get to that later today. But as I said, Brendan, let's talk. Uh, when you and I last spoke, David Ross was the Chicago Cubs manager. We were gearing yes, up for uh, a big offseason, getting ready for free agency and all of that. And here today, Craig Council is the Chicago Cubs manager. I have said it out loud 20 times in the last few days, and it has not gotten any more realistic to me that that is the case. I believe he's going to be introduced as the manager of the Chicago Cubs next week, early next week. I, I, I had I, a chance to go on the emergency podcast, which we did. did, I believe, 10 minutes after the news broke from Ken Rosenthal. So a uh, credit to all of our CHGO Cubs teams, producers, everybody involved in you know making sure that we were ready to react to that right away. But I want your thoughts, because we have not heard them, Brendan, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we've heard from everybody involved in the days since. Uh, initial thoughts to give more of a, a visual of how the news is broken to me. I'm going about my day, a, a normal, normal morning. I look at my phone. I have 60 notifications. I have two missed phone calls from our friend here, Corey Friedman. I thought someone died. I genuinely thought something happened on Justin Steele's boat in the middle of the ocean. Someone got stranded, and this is all my nightmares coming true. I saw Craig Council on my phone. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. There were no reports 
whatsoever. They never had even asked for permission to interview him. It was not even on my on no one's radar. Now, a few days have passed. You can think about the consequences, the logic of signing counsel. It's obvious, right? It's obvious. The managerial cost is so minimal compared to players, to scouting infrastructure, to pay correct counsel $8 million when on the market, one win is worth 9 to $10 million. No brainer. No financial consequences against the luxury tax. And if the opportunity is there to improve, even if it's a fringe improvement, which sure, you can make the argument, even though I don't think it is, that he is a fringe improvement over us, it's the cost. It doesn't cost anything financially. Now, you may hit a reputation uh, given that you kind of went behind David Ross and publicly touted him as your guy. You break trust that way. And I no doubt trust there is broken. And I'm sure some players don't like that as well. But in a sport where a few wins is millions of dollars, dozens of millions of dollars, you have to make these moves, unfortunately. And that's what counsel is. If it's one win or two win, that could be the difference of in the playoffs or out of the playoffs. And last year it would have. And so, last year it yeah. would have. And in, in my mind, if he's the manager last year, undeniably are the Cubs in the playoffs. I I would agree with you. Yeah. By how many games, I don't know, but I, I do believe that I would look people in the eye and agree with you on that. Yeah. Absolutely. So one thing, again, like we had a full emergency podcast. I think we talked for almost 90 minutes, Luke, Cody, Ryan, and I. So I don't want to repeat the conversation, but we have heard from everybody in the days since. We've heard from Jed. We heard a little bit from David Ross, I think, in uh, a local newspaper out of Tennessee. I think if I'm misquoting that, I apologize. Um, Handled with all class, which I think is to be expected of David Ross. That is something I would say of him during his time in, you know, as a player for the Cubs and as a manager. I think he was an all class kind of guy. I... I'm sure it's a difficult spot for him. Nobody expects him to be happy, et cetera. But I did like what I heard from Jed, man. And we learned at the 2021 trade deadline that Jed Hoyer was going to be different than Theo, at least in the sense that he was ready and willing to make what would be perceived as cutthroat, call them ruthless, if you want, decisions, right? Yeah. And... This was another one of those, but I think in discussing it, I, I think he was on the radio or speaking with Marquis, talking about how his job is to make the team and organization better in the short term and the long term. And he did not find any boxes that bringing in Craig Council and making this change did not check. It checked every box that he operates under as somebody running this team and running this organization. And I appreciated the candor on it, right? Like that, hey, like this was not a decision based on Ross's performance necessarily. It was a decision based on we felt like an upgrade was available, the best upgrade we could get. And I have a responsibility to make that tough decision. And I believe that he did it. And I'm sure it sucks for David Ross, but this is the business, right? Like my job can call me up today and say you're fired. So can yours. So can, I'm assuming everybody listening to this, right? Like, yeah, yeah. 
the, the way I was of the world, man. You know, I I guess I <laughs> you say are that being very I, cutthroat right now. <laughs> I, I I don't think I really liked how much of the like woe is David Ross stories that were put out. I hear you. I for me, I, li- listen. I, I'm not saying that I'm glad this happened to him, the person. We we get it. You right? hate him. You hate him. I'm not mad. I'm thrilled with this decision. They have the best manager in the game, and you know I was very iffy on Ross's in-game managerial decisions. But what I mean is there was a lot of, like, the Cubs are cold-blooded and, you know, like, the family means nothing. And I'm like, come on. You know, this is – it's a business at the end of the day. The same type of employment situation that most of us have in our lives and will continue to have in our lives. If your boss thinks somebody can do your job better than you – that sucks, but they can hire that person. And that's just the way of the world. And I think Jed did what he could, right? He went down and delivered the news in person. He took it face to face. He didn't cop out and send an email or a text or anything like that. And I think that's all he can really do in this situation. And it's also one of those things, Brendan, like I'm reminded, like, I'm sure there are plenty of people in the Cubs organization, especially maybe coaches who have been working in the minor leagues for years, sometimes decades, that are, you know, when he was hired with no coaching experience, were asking similar questions, right? Like, it's a cutthroat industry. There's millions of dollars, as you said, at play. And Jed Hoyer made a decision to make his team unquestionably better. That's what his job is. Yeah. The comparison to real life scenarios, yeah, I could get fired, you could get fired, but our salaries are not guaranteed. Ross will be getting paid right. for the remainder of his so contract. So spare me, that's what I'm saying, like spare me the woe and, is him stuff. And you listen, know? If, I, if you want to fire me, you know, I'm not making millions of dollars doing this. I'll take the millions of dollars and I'll go away for three years, right? right? And Ross is being rumored now in connection with San Diego the counter argument to oh they did ross dirty is exactly what you said they gave ross an opportunity with zero coaching experience to put himself in the position to make more money next year live in a la jolla mansion and make double a salary than he would as a cubs manager next season yeah spare me it and from jed's perspective if he does not make this team an obvious contender next year he may be joining Ross right. on severance, if you want to right. be dramatic about that. He has to make the move. Unfortunately, this is what it is. Sports and real-life jobs aren't the same type of conversation yeah. at all. And it goes to all the players. If I'm a player, I want to know that my team is putting every effort in to win. Now, are there going to be players who do value the loyalty and value going through together? Yes, those players sure. probably will be upset. But ultimately, it kind of puts you up to the test as well. If you're not doing your job, you could be out as well. And Absolutely. I think that urgency is overall a net positive. And in the short goings, it may be uncomfortable. Some guys may not like it. It may appear as if the Cubs are cold-blooded. But in this sport, in baseball, that requires to innovate and iterate fast this has to happen. It was undeniably obvious that Council is going to give the Cubs a better chance to win baseball games. And as a result, David Ross has to go, even if he did a good job. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this, laying out the rest of the show. Obviously, rumors abound. Uh, We do not have any concrete movement 
or for sure things happening, which is, you know, the general state of the baseball offseason at times. But we will take a look at some of those rumors. There's definitely some thick smoke, let's call it, in, in some areas. Whether you believe that there is a fire on the other end is totally up to you at this point. Uh, so we will talk about that stuff. But I, yeah, I did want to give you a chance to sort of offer thoughts on council. And also, again, to you know reiterate, like I, I thought David Ross handled that first, the first time he spoke to a newspaper, I thought yeah. he handled that very well. And I would expect yeah. nothing less. I'm sure he's pissed. I'm sure he's sad. I'm sure he has questions the same that we would ask. Like, you know, he's, I'm sure Jed shows up and he's like, bro, I didn't sign Eric Osmer. <laughs> like, what are you yelling at me for? Right. Yeah. That's the business. And I, I give David credit because I don't know that I would have handled that first interview as well as he did. He was very mm-hmm. gracious, thanked the Cubs for the opportunity and wished everyone well. So I, I do give him credit for that. One last thought from, from my perspective, trying to understand what makes counsel better than David Ross. We can talk in generalities about sure. this. Oh, counsel is going to provide the Cubs, you know, a one, two, three win advantage. But how does he do that? Why is he hired? And why did they push Ross, their handpicked guy out? And it's a nuanced discussion beyond just this, you know, five minute window that we that we have here. But we saw it throughout several seasons, optimizing bullpen management, optimizing lineup construction. But there is one quote that our good friend Ryan Tomer put out on his Substack, where Craig House was talking about probabilities and the fringe probabilities and the fringe decisions you have to make. And to paraphrase, he was talking about each decision has a 52 to 48% chance probability. And there's going to be some gray area in those decisions. And where I think there was misalignment at times, which I was okay with because I thought some of the bulk some was good from Ross, where there was misalignment was Ross not understanding that those decisions are closer to that 52-48 window, where batting Nick Madrigal leadoff consistently takes you away from that 52-48. to You know, It may, in his mind, think, okay, if he does this, if Madrigal bats long-term in his leadoff spot, then maybe in the next two weeks, he can get comfortable and the Cubs can win more games. Council doesn't look at it like that. He looks at this more in a narrow mindset, narrow mindset, narrow window, where each decision has those fringe type of consequences. And he's going to maximize, get the most, and think in those terms. That's where I think the two managers are quite different, where Ross is willing to play the lower probability guy in hope that the long-term rewards are there, whereas Council... He's going to be a little bit more dialed in on the moment, maximize those decisions, also while keeping those long-term decisions sure. uh, well known. And Ross, unfortunately, didn't quite do that this year. I think that may have cost him a, a game or two unfairly, granted with the roster, but still nevertheless cost him a game or two. Yeah, and I think in particular, like, if we're trying to explain the difference, you know, I think looking last year, like, I—, I, I Craig Council is not having a I'm playing the guys who got us here type attitude. He's adapting more than that. And you can debate that strategy. And again, the roster was definitely imperfect. Nobody is letting Jed off the hook for the 2023 roster, especially the depth and the bullpen, right? Trust me. Uh, But I think that's one area in particular I think Craig would have adapted and we would have seen different people in there to try to. I think it would have happened earlier. I think those those 
April May decisions would have been a little bit faster. You know, not playing Mancini as often, uh, not putting uh, Magical up in the order prior to mm-hmm. him being sent down to Iowa early on. I think that that was the difference. And then before I do the ad break here, I think Ross's bullpen management, I was fine with it, but you can't ignore that he exhausted his bullpen in July and August, preceded Alice injuries, Fulmer's injury. They were accumulating the back end, 12, 13, 14 innings on a monthly basis. Can't can't ignore that that happened. And despite yeah. me being okay with that urgency and playing those guys often, because I think that's a front office's responsibility, there is an argument to be had that council could have mitigated the usage while still getting the most out of the sum of the bullpen, despite the lower end looking not productive. I think that's also a fringe decision. The council has already shown to be good at in Milwaukee every year, every year that bullpen yeah. gets outs and they win those close games. Yep. Their record in one run games, the, the, the few occurrences of Craig council's teams bunting, like there's a lot to love, right? <laughs> Summing it up before, when we come back from this ad break, I want to talk a little, probably Shohei Otani, not to get everybody all freaking out, but I would summarize when I read the news, I was stunned, right? But my overarching sentiment, I am I, I'm beyond thrilled, Brendan. This is one of, I think, the best moves we've seen this team make. And I'm like, I'm proud of Jed Hoyer. I like, cause this was, you know, it took some guts to do. It really did. And, you know, as you said, you picked David Ross he obviously has a, a status amongst Cubs fans and with the organization. You had given him a vote of confidence, right? Like you're getting the, the manager from your division rival. Like this was a, this took some serious guts to pull this off, keep it secret and get it done. And I give him a lot of credit for that. And I think unquestionably the Chicago Cubs are a better team than they were before it. Whatever you think of David Ross, I genuinely believe in-game tactically, right? Clubhouses differ, right? It always seemed like the Brewers were playing together and united as a clubhouse, so I don't have any concerns there, but that's harder for us on the outside, especially for a team I'm not watching every day, to be super in tune with. Tactically, in-game, decision-wise, I believe Craig Council is the best manager in Major League Baseball, and he is now in the home dugout at beautiful historic Wrigley Field. Yeah. That is a win for the Cubs. However many wins you want to quantify it, he is an excellent in-game, tight game manager. When you need to win on those margins, which is a phrase you've heard us and anybody else that talks about the Cubs use a thousand times, I don't think there is a better person in baseball to maximize those margins than Craig Council. Yeah. And it costs a fraction of the price. That's the thing. We're not talking about $40 million per year. We're talking about $40 millions over the span of five years. And not against your luxury tax. Even if it's a one-win improvement, it's an obvious decision. You have to do it. Undeniably. All right. Yeah. And also, ad- just before we, we do the ad break, I, I've seen a lot, right? People will po- ask questions and say, well, the Brewers have never won anything with him. They've, you know, their their record in the playoffs isn't very good, et cetera, et cetera. That's a, a resource problem. Um, if you believe that that's Craig Council, that's on you. Uh, but 
we've talked about this. When you get to the playoffs, you condense everything to everybody's best players. You're not necessarily using a 28-man roster in the playoffs. It's condensed. Usually you have a pretty set lineup or something close to it. You're riding three, four starting pitchers, a handful of bullpen guys. The Brewers have not done what is necessary to get further in the playoffs. I don't think that that has anything to do with Craig Council. And so you combine his ability in-game with the Cubs' resources to provide him, hopefully, with that star talent that needs to shine in the playoffs, right? And the recipe should be very good. At least we have a track record of him in the playoffs. We have no track record of David Ross in the playoffs. Sure. That's a big unknown. So even if you want to pay the extra $5 million, you know what you get. Even if you dislike the way he managed those playoffs, you have no idea how Ross would manage a three-game series. And I can imagine several scenarios where you and I don't like those decisions. So right. from the front office point of view, they shrink down that uncertainty by getting counsel yeah. with a track record of multiple I, playoff I think I saw somebody put this well. Like, it's really not Craig Council's fault that the Brewers couldn't advance in the playoffs with, like, four pitchers hitting in their lineup all the time, right? And obviously not pitchers. But, like, go look at some of those lineups and then ask me if you're really blaming Craig Council for the Brewers' uh, playoff yeah. failings because— you shouldn't. So. Yeah. Well, I'm done justifying the Brewers in the playoffs. Now I can do this this ad break here. We'll Listen, there was a rumor we'll that maybe they're going to use this as a launching spot to a little bit of a rebuild for themselves. We've said this before, man. You just stole their manager. You've watched them mostly control this division for several years now. The Cardinals were mixed in there for a couple years, right? You just took their manager Maybe they're going to cut some payroll. The time is now. This division yeah. needs to run through Craig Council and the Chicago Cubs. Right. Uh, per perhaps manager of the year, Craig Council. Chicago Cubs manager of the year, Craig Council. Right. All right. Let's do this ad break here. Then we'll come back and finish off our discussion. First one here from Circa Sportsbook. Circa, games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa sports menu, unlike other sports books, which may use minus 115 or minus 120 splits. Circa also does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. I am not a winning player. You do not have to worry about limiting me, despite all my efforts. Uh, they encourage bettors to download and explore other sport betting apps when available and compare their lines to the Circa Sportsbook. There's also real people behind the Circa Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots. Download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, tailgates, and if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, or text GAMB to 833234, or visit com. Second break here. If you need the perfect bag for game day, Corey, Varsity Coolers will have you set game day and beyond with the best portable cooler and weekend duffel around. They have a unique design. You can have an exterior bag of your team colors. Uh, 
they, it also doubles as a cooler. It's waterproof, double insulated, which is my favorite. I like having whether it be very cold drinks or very hot drinks. I very much value that insulation and it fits in the golf cart. So for trying to get away from the Chicago weather, going and golfing in a more warmer environment right now, get your varsity cooler. It's also the perfect Christmas gift. 21 teams are represented by Varsity Cooler, so they're perfect for any football fan in your life, and they're built to show up in style to a party or repping around town. Head over to varsitycoolers.us and use code CHGO at checkout for 10% off your order. All right, so Brendan, we know that Craig Council can work with less right? He can get more out of a roster than I believe David Ross can, than I believe any manager can. That being said, let's get him some really good players, (laughs) right? Let's just combine those things. You have a really good manager who maximizes the margins, but you almost don't even care because the roster is so good, right? We should just do that. One thing that I appreciated from Jed's conversation after hiring Craig Council Coaching Craig Council, stealing the Cubs Council. manager Craig Council. Right. Okay. He said <laughs> that, you know, don't necessarily read into like a lot of us did, that this guarantees some crazy offseason for the Cubs, right? And I said the other day I would look at things more in the window of Craig Council's contract, right? Combine that with the prospect timeline, the way you have certain guys like Dansby, et cetera, locked up. It's a window. It's not always just one year we're pushing all our chips in. I appreciated Jed saying that. Some people took that as like, oh, they're not going to spend. They got counsel so that he can win the division last year, right? Like, but they don't have to spend more money, right? He can take the roster that they had last year and win, and they don't have to spend so much. I didn't take it that way. I took Jed saying that as you can't guarantee this stuff, right? best laid plans. So several years ago, when Theo Epstein gave what was described as a, you know, extreme blown away experience pitch to Shohei Otani, they didn't have the DH and he chose to be on the West Coast, right? Best laid plans. You did the best you could. You were prepared to spend the money. Tom Ricketts signed off. He chose somewhere else. And so that's what I took from Jed saying that. Not don't prepare for the Cubs to be cheap, right? But just understand that maybe they have things lined up that they pull off an offseason that we have been dreaming about our whole lives, Brendan. But maybe some of those decisions just don't go their way. Maybe you have the best package for Juan Soto and A.J. Preller just really likes a player in another organization, right? That's how these things work. It's out of your control. So that's how I took that. And I bring that up to sort of segue us into the conversation. You can believe rumors, innuendo, reports, however you want. At this point, it is very difficult to tell who has sources, who doesn't have sources. Sometimes sources are real and they're wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Believe at your own peril. But Brendan, there is at least some smoke with regard to one, the Cubs spending some money. This offseason, we have reports from national guys, real, legitimate, verified reporters that are like the Cubs are in on everyone. Bob Nightingale. They're not, well, not Bob Nightingale, but they're in 
They're going to spend money. They're ready to do stuff. And some of that does involve Shohei Otani. So I guess I throw it to you. Jed said not to do this, but when they go get counsel, they make such an aggressive move. Did that change your expectations for this offseason when you read some of these rumors that the Cubs are ready to act like, you know, put their big boy pants on again? Like, does it shift your perspective? Do you still have the same perspective? I'm 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 curious where you sit with this. My perspective has never changed. This offseason is critical from a player point of view. You have to accumulate as many good players as possible to ensure that 2024 is away from the possibility of missing the playoffs. Craig Council helps in that aspect, but ultimately Craig Council is not enough to shift you away from that window of are they going to make the playoffs or not? Could they have made the playoffs last year with Kirk Council? My belief is yes, but I don't want to do this. Could they, if they, it has to be pushed towards the 90 win plus territory. Otani accomplishes that goal. It's not just Otani that would accomplish that goal. However, they can go out, they can make trades for players. We've talked about Pete Alonso, Juan Soto, or other trades that we don't know about that the market hasn't materialized to make those players available. That's not your goal or my, that's not your responsibility or my responsibility to figure out. It's Jed's responsibility. Personally, I don't accept that if they don't get Juan Soto, it's out of their control to be good. It is Jed's responsibility to be good. He has to find control over this scenario. I don't like the idea of putting all my eggs in the Juan Soto basket, nor the Pete Alonso basket, nor Ortani's basket. And they're going to need one of those guys and then some. If it's Juan Soto and Cody Bellinger, that accomplishes that goal for me. If it's Otani and Pete Alonso, of course, that accomplishes that goal for me as well. But there has to be player accumulation in the form of one of those guys, in my opinion, one of those big fish, and then some in improving your depth in addition to improving your certainty in your bullpen and in your pitching. It is a very difficult ask. This is a very ambitious ask from a fan's point of view to put you in that territory. But we've waited several years. There's front office executives. One thing I will say about the Kirk Council situation that kind of got my brain going, Tom Ricketson applied the same logic to Jed Hoyer and that we've talked about. I like the direction the farm system's going. I like the overall direction of the organization. But if next season rolls around and you're kind of in this, are they going to win? Are they not going to win? And there's a front office executive available. Goodbye, Jed Hoyer. Goodbye, everyone in that front office. I'm turning it over despite the good, despite being good. And so this is an opportunity for Jed to assert assert himself as the correct counsel as executives. And there's a possibility if he does not do that, he's gone. And I would be fine with that, assuming someone else comes in. Yeah, you know, look, like you you made the move to get Craig Council and we we had the feeling that 2024 was a let's go. Last year you were close but not good enough and there's a lot of reasons that went into that. As w- once the season starts in 2024, you better have a roster that screams this is our division and we are a legitimate playoff and World Series contender, right? Nobody expects them to get to absolute juggernaut. They're the best organization in baseball in just one offseason, right? It's a lot of work to do. But 
continue the trajectory, right? And just barely missing the playoffs is not good enough. You go and get Craig Council, you make this pretty significant move, you're paying your manager a lot of money, that only ratchets that feeling up more because now you are in this window with Craig Council who you're paying a lot of money. So don't waste any of that time, right? What's the point of doing that? So it is still a lot of work, right? Marcus Stroman opted out. That is one spot in your rotation and a decent number of innings you now have to fill, right? Cody Bellinger is not a Chicago Cub as of this moment. And I think a lot of the contract projections are pretty reasonable, six to seven year range money. I'm very comfortable giving to Cody Bellinger. I think MLB trade rumors was the only one that was like the outlier. They had 12 years, I think, which is crazy. And I said the other day, I don't think that's happening. And if somebody's crazy enough to do it, I promise you it's not going to be the Cubs. So if that's happening, goodbye to Cody Bellinger, but I don't think it will, but that's a lot to replace. And then you still need to get better, right? So it is, in the initial excitement, it is a reminder, there's still a lot of work to do. The one thing I would say about Shohei Otani, and I feel like you and I in particular have not really talked about him that much. Um, and when I say that there's smoke, it's that, you know, you have guys like Mark Feinsand or John Heyman, things like that, like saying that that interest is real and they expect the Cubs to be significant threats to teams like the Dodgers, who are the perceived favorite. Uh, to land his services, there's merit to that, right? It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but you hear it from enough people, especially some people close to the Cubs, Bruce Levine, George Offman. And again, you can rate all of these guys on rumor scales however you want. I'm not saying any of them are gospel, but you start to hear it enough and you go, okay, like they're hearing this from somewhere, right? And usually it's not from the same place. So there's something to this. What I would say about Otani is I think that a lot of people are going to have the reaction of they'll never do it. Ricketts would never do that. That contract is going to be huge, et cetera. Here's the thing, folks, right? And this is true of a lot in life. Follow the money, right? With Shohei Otani, especially when you already have Seiya Suzuki in the fold, a friend of his, right? You've had you Darvish speak glowingly about your organization. They are also apparently in the market for Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the Japanese starting pitcher that everybody has their eyes on, right? Bringing Shohei Otani to your team, wherever your team is, this is true for every team in Major League Baseball. This would be true if a team signed him to play soccer, right? Doesn't matter. It is a slam dunk of a business decision. And so I think for a lot of people, you have to rework your perspective. If you think the Ricketts are cheap, if you think they'll never sign a deal like that, that might be true for most people. But the return on investment for Shohei Otani is a totally different animal than any other player I that we've ever seen, right? The ability to sell your team and your network to an entire, the whole world, right? Let alone just Japan, but the whole world. Shohei Otani is a star. That is, I can't even imagine the value of that, right? I remember watching a game that the Padres, I think it was the Padres, when the Angels went to San Diego. They changed those green screen ads behind the plate on their broadcast to be for Japanese companies because Shohei Otani was there. He wasn't even on their team, Brendan. That's the type of thing we're talking about. You have these jersey patches now. 
that you could potentially have a Japanese investor because so many eyes are on there. I mean, we're talking at Wrigley Field. They might have to build an, a new auxiliary press box. I don't even think there's enough That's room. Fine. We'd have to ask our guy, Ryan Herrera, but I've been in there on those tours. I don't think there's enough room for all of the media that would be showing up to all of these games. So on that in particular, I, if you ask the question, do I think the Cubs would give out, let's say, a 10-plus year extension for half a billion dollars to Juan Soto, I would have my questions on it. I'm not sure. I think he's young enough that you could make sense of that. Of course it makes sense and they should do it. I'm saying the Cubs specifically. Shohei Otani is a totally different thing, man. And I think a lot of fans don't truly realize that. They look at the price tag and they say, oh, no way. The Cubs have never done that. They're not going to do that. Biblical losses and all that. And like, I I get it, but Shohei's different, man. Crane Kenny knows this. Tom Ricketts knows this. Everybody knows this. This is a money-making decision, not necessarily the other way around. The numbers separate from the financials, which as you outlined, make enormous sense to me. Generally, I don't understand all the potential revenue avenues they can explore. I do know you Darvish's market was insane. The Twitter following, the social media presence, yeah. the amount of attention Japanese fans paid to the Cubs was in my lifetime second to none and it still remains that despite even having Seiya Suzuki on the team I cannot even imagine what it would be like to have Seiya on this team with Shohei and signing one of those superstars coming out of Japan in free agency this offseason it would be insane the perception of the Chicago Cubs in a huge market that loves the sport of baseball I right. imagine that's going to be a big driving factor now yeah. from the actual on-field performance there's questions of, does it make sense to pay him? Let's throw out half a billion dollars as a projection, despite him having Tommy John next year and some of the uncertainty of his pitching performance years beyond with that being his second Tommy John. The counter to that is he's the best hitter in the right. league. Right. And if you look at just percentiles of expected stats and actual stats. I'll just read this off because it's quite funny and I want to do it. His expected isolated power last year is 100th percentile, slugging 100th percentile, Woba 99th, barrel 100th, walk rate 98th, max exit velocity 99th. Every single number I'm looking at is 98 or above for percentile. And I didn't know this. His speed rating is in the same percentile as Ronald Acuna, everyone else with, yeah, everything else with that, every other player with those power and offensive numbers, their speed percentile is sub 30th. And Otani is apparently above average by almost a standard deviation that, that points to it as his athleticism. Now in terms of pitching, he's going to come back. He will throw a baseball again. Is that in the Dude, form of... I'm sorry, but just imagine your graphs for Shohei Otani. Oh. I would be up until three in the morning making those graphs. Corey. I mean, you deserve it. You've spent a lot of time making thank them you. for I, pitchers who I, do, I don't think deserve the quality of your work. So, Well, thank you. We know that's a yeah. good thing that I can do that. Also, a sad thing that I actually do do that. But uh, with him, he's going to come back. The athleticism I just talked about 
is also manifested in his pitching. He's going to come back and throw in the mid-upper 90s. I, I imagine that's a strong possibility. Then the question is, is it 100 innings or 120 innings or 150 innings? If it's 100 or 120 or even slightly below that, it does not matter because the value you get from those innings in as a complement to his offensive value is absurd. We're talking about a guy who put up 10 more seasons the past two years pitching and hitting combined. That's insane that you get. And one last point with Otani, he's going to come back. The Cubs have had success with Tommy John pitchers who have been aggressive getting Tommy John. Justin Steele had Tommy John and they drafted them. They have the ability to rehab these guys. That is in their playbook. I imagine if I'm Shohei Otani, I want to preserve my career and have a team with a staff with a track record of building guys back up from Tommy John. And they did that. And the Cubs actually did that, I believe, with, uh, it may not have been Tommy John, but it was still significant arm injuries with like Kendall Graveman, for example. Drew Smiley in 2019 was on this team, went away, came back, but they paid for his rehab. A lot of our joking is about this medical staff, but when it comes to the pitching rehab side of the operation, they've done phenomenal work and they brought these guys back. That will also be included in Shohei's anticipation and his and his willingness to go with the team. And also the Cubs have the track record of bringing those guys back. So you kind of have to do the move. If he wants to come to the Cubs and it's cost you half a billion dollars, the concern that he's not going to live up to that value on the field, I think you can make the argument he will. And if he doesn't, well, you're going to be exploring a baseball market that no team has ever explored. If, so, he, if he doesn't, for whatever reason, live up to it on the field, Tom and Crane aren't going to care because they're printing money inside the Cubs' offices. Yeah, that's my it, point. That's my point. It doesn't so matter. I, I, I read, I thought it was well put from a, a friend on Twitter. I, I can't remember who said it, but um, like signing Shohei Otani is one of those that it's like almost impossible to from a business perspective, make that move and end up losing money. It, 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 I don't even know how you would do it. I can't even imagine how many jerseys you would sell. And that's not even talking about then getting the games to different countries, the people coming in. I, the Hotel Zachary would be, you could charge $10,000 a night for the amount of people yeah. that are going to be trying to get those rooms and filling up those bars and everything. And as we all know, right, like the best way for these teams to make money is to be good, fill the stadium, make the playoffs, go to the World Series, all of that combined with the star power of Shohei oh Otani. I, I, I pro- Here's the thing. I don't, I don't know where I would say I think the odds are that they get him, right? Because I think, unfortunately, the, the Dodgers can offer basically all of this, right? In terms of they now have the DH as well. They have the money. They have a reputation of winning, which I think is going to be very important to Shohei after playing in Anaheim, a where coastal nobody city. wins. Right. Same West Coast. Yes. So I think, unfortunately, the Dodgers check a lot of these boxes, and you're going to have to convince him to choose you. Because I think if it's coming down to money or things like that, I think they can rival you. And I'm sure Andrew Friedman has been waiting for this uh, after His missing him the first life. time, right? Yeah. But. I will tell you, I do genuinely believe their interest is real and their pursuit will be real. And it's all for a lot of those things, right? And I think not that they make the move because of that, but you haven't been doing a lot of winning lately. And a good way to sell Shohei Otani that that is changing is one, Dansby Swanson, right? 
And two, you made a really aggressive move to go get the best manager in the game. That is something that does send a signal to people like, hey, this team didn't make the playoffs. They've been in a rebuild or whatever, but they're obviously taking things seriously. So here's what we do. You just copy and paste. I'm assuming Theo can just share access on the Google slides that they used the first time. I thought he already does. For Otani, right? They yeah. probably use that VR setup that they got John Lester. Remember they showed John Lester like the VR of him pitching in a playoff game at Wrigley Field? Did that, did that happen, by the way? That was that was real, though. It ended up being real. John Lester pitching in the It did come series. to fruition, yes. Okay. John Lester was very good sure. for the Chicago Cubs in the playoffs and helped them win the 2016 World Series. Yeah. World Series, correct, yes. Yes. Uh, and so just use the same pitch, get the money up, do what you have to do. And then I, I got to tell you, man, I know it's his off season. He earned a nice little rest, but say, brother, need you to go to work. All right. Put your recruiting hat on. Okay. You know, what'll make those frigid days in April at Wrigley field that say, notoriously does not like, and maybe Jed lied to him a little bit about, right. Then the way to make those days warmer, warm me up inside, say, how about playing hunks. with your best friend? There you go. You go on the mound at Wrigley Field. Go Cubs. Go is blaring from the speakers, and you give your best friend a hug. That's what you do. You warm up, and you get through that month. The ivy comes blossoming through in the end of April, beginning of May. You got your beautiful, quintessential summer city of Chicago. That's the pitch, and I'm I will go give that pitch for free if they want me to do it. Here, here's what I want. I want okay. After a Cubs win, what we're going to see, we need to visualize this, right? Okay. Our guy, Greg Brax, has been visualizing this for quite some time now. I've I've been scared to visualize it because- I'm it, still not know, visualizing it. I can't do it to myself. Cubs win. It's a beautiful Friday, 120, summer day in Chicago. And then we get the picture, sunset on Lake Michigan, on the boat, right? Facing the, the city, the, the beautiful yachts. skyline in the background, Saya, his family- Shohei, his family, embracing the W flag, maybe flying over the boat. All is right in the world. At this point, the Cubs are 15 games in first place in the NL Central. I know. It sounds nice. And I got, I got that's even. That's the life I want for us, Brendan. And you don't even need to hire a boat driver. You can have Justin Steele drive your boat. It makes perfect sense. All the stars are aligning for this team, Corey. Just go out and sign them. Do it. Do it. All right, let's do this last ad break here, and then we'll come back around and finish up the show. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. They have a deep beer roster. It's fall. They have the Oktoberfest. They have the Beer Hug family. My favorite, the 312 Wheat Ale, the Full Pocket Pilsner, the Everyday Beer. It's what the brewers are drinking. And grab ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Last break here from FOCO. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. I'm looking right now on the YouTube channel, a Benny the Bull figure. 
from Foco. I want that. I I love Benny the Bull. I don't think I knew that about you. I, I yeah. I, I, I he he seems like a very fun mascot. Unlike Baxter from Arizona, who's the worst mascot in professional sports. Uh, it's no longer baseball season. But you can get prepped for spring training in February. They have Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game in beautiful Arizona for those late February starts. And set decorations as well. They had a Hayden Wisniewski, a very large Hayden Wisniewski bobblehead in studio when I was there in May. Go show them some love. Check out foco.com or click the link in the description below. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. All righty, folks. Uh, as usual, I want to remind you, check out allchgo.com and sign up to be a diehard member. We had our last Bears tailgate of the season on Thursday night. So that's it. But we have Bulls takeovers, Blackhawks takeovers. Uh, you guys know the deal. Live shows every day, every team. You get access to the CHGO Lounge, our exclusive Discord for members. You get a free shirt when you sign up. Uh, and for those events, like I mentioned, uh, the tailgates will be back next year for sure. Upcoming events, you get a 20% discount. So do be sure to check out becoming a diehard member at allchgo.com. Com. Also, a good time to remind everyone to check out allchgo.com for great wit and work by uh, guys like our guy, Ryan yeah. Carrera, who was at the GM meetings. I'm hoping still, we did have reports that he had survived. He did not get sick like a lot of the, they ended up canceling them a day early. So hopefully on this fine Friday, Ryan is still feeling well. Uh, no worse for wear for going out and doing his job at the GM meetings. So, Check out allchgo.com. has all the information you need. All right, Brendan, finishing up, um, there, like I said, there, there's a lot of smoke in the air about the Chicago Cubs, but nothing concrete. We expect the Cody Bellinger situation to drag on. I would expect a lot of rumors there. The Yankees especially uh, being discussed as a team that might be active for his services. Shohei Otani, I believe, is on a schedule to hopefully make a decision by the end of December. He has to line up meetings. They're going to do pitches, probably visits. It's going to be a courting, a courting process. Uh, maybe not unlike, you know, like The Bachelor, right? I wish they would air it like that, you know? It's, it's like Jed nice Hoyer rose. and Andrew Friedman at the final rose ceremony, right? We'll have to give Jed just a higher box to stand on or something like that. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I, that's something we can expect to drag on. You know, we did obviously get those option decisions. You're going to have arbitration coming up, which will inform some stuff. And I would expect the trade market to be pretty active, Brendan. I, I know that's something we've called for this team to do a lot. But I think when you look at things and how they address some of these areas, I, I do think this is the off season. We finally see Jed maybe take some out of that stock that he's built up in this farm system. I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much because we did talk about it the other day, but how did you feel? I, I know you've been furious about the lack of just a, a real earnest attempt to let Christopher Morrell play third base. Uh, and his playing first base some in the winter league doesn't mean that's his position going forward or anything like that. But we did talk about this like a lot, you and I, and we, we spoke about it the other day with Cody, Luke and Ryan. I remain 
rather just befuddled that they just seem to believe he cannot play third base. Yeah. When he was a rookie, him playing center field made some sense. There was a center field void. PCA was not on the radar. Bellinger was not in the organization. They put him in center field, not his natural position. He did okay for not playing ever really in center field and being a natural shortstop. The third base situation, there's two two parts of my brain when it comes to the third base situation. One part understands why they did not do it. It also understands that there's a reason why he didn't do it. And they don't have clearly the confidence that he can play third base, even though on the surface, it looks quite obvious. For them to give Nick Magical a lot of at-bats in substitute of Christopher Morrell because Magical could play third base defensively and Morrell couldn't, to me, is never going to sit well with me, ever. And we were doing shows a year ago, and we talked about the same situation with Morrell at third base. Yeah. Now, going forward, if Morrell does not improve, if he doesn't adjust his throwing, if he doesn't meet the standards to be that defensive third baseman, it is what it is. You know, I understand them not doing it. What I would like more information about, and furious is a strong word, and I, I get it. Sure, you can call me furious, but what I would like for them, what I, I would like to find out, and this is the second part of my brain, is why they don't have that confidence in him. I really just don't yeah. quite understand that. I we, want the clear cut some- explanation. We had some comments from folks in the live chat on Wednesday night's episode saying like, you know, I, I wish we could kind of talk to some of the coaches. I don't think they'll give us the answer is is the... But it's never really they. been like... It's tipping like, their hand, but yeah. it, it is fascinating. Uh, but also, I do wonder, right, part of my brain wondered like, okay, well, if he's going to play winter ball and you can shove him at first base and hope that just goes fine... Maybe you're just demonstrating, well, he could play a position if you were a team that was interested in trading for him and you don't yeah. have an opening at second base or shortstop, right? Yeah. See, he can do it. Done. Yeah. I, I'm i stupid when it comes to this, but if I'm the Cubs, I am literally sending out a defensive coach to Christopher Morrell's house right. and paying for that coach's housing, yeah. and they are throwing a baseball 12 hours a yeah. day. I'm not even joking about this. No, I, Sorry, I hear you. Because I, I said the other night, I, I was like, the thing that's so confusing for me is, you know, you know, one of the real easiest ways to per- get through this off season and like deal with the luxury tax stuff, having a 24 year old, you don't yeah. pay a lot of money, be your third baseman. <laughs> like, and it might be they, too. They would love nothing more than for that to be the case. So the fact that they're not making it happen is indicative that they truly just don't think that it can. And it might be too late. You know, it may not have aligned well for the Cubs timing and their comp- competitive window. They gave him a shot in the outfield, didn't meet the standards. 2023 rolled around. You got Cody Bellinger. They didn't give him enough time to adjust to third base. They wanted to win games. <laughs> they didn't give him that opportunity. And now we're going into 2024 and there's potential better options at third base. And he's in trade scenarios for Juan Soto. And it may not just have worked timing wise. Still, Go to his house, throw a baseball 12 hours a day, and at least give me that chance if it's even a slim chance of happening. That's what I just, I, I really, really don't 
understand that process. And I would like, from a fan's point of view, I would like to know exactly, not generally, exactly why they yeah. don't think he's going to be a third baseman. That way I won't complain in the future because I have this idea of what they're looking for. Sure. We'll find other stuff to complain about. Don't worry. Yes, we will. Um, all right. So I think in terms of upcoming dates, you know, the winter meetings are a little under a month away. If that's something that you're looking at, obviously you're going to have non-tender deadlines, got to accept qualifying offers at some point. If you're going to do that, the Cubs did extend one uh, to Cody Bellinger, I believe. Yes. Uh, and other than that, 40-man roster trimming and manicuring ahead of the Rule 5 draft, something to keep an eye on. Obviously, it gets tricky, um, you know, with the the prospects that the Cubs do have. You can't hold on to everybody. You do have to make some of those decisions. But that is, uh, I would probably send you to our guys at Northside Bound to explain some of that stuff. That's not really my area of expertise. But this is uh, the beginning of a very what I hope is a very exciting offseason. This week, Brendan included a decision, a change, an upgrade that was not on my radar at all. I was, I was and remain completely stunned that Craig Council is the manager of the Chicago Cubs. And I hope that there's more surprises in store for this offseason. So, you know, again, for now, the usual caution, like make sure if you read a rumor that you make sure it's the real Ken Rosenthal that tweeted it. Uh, or that the person who's putting it out has some believability or track record or anything, or believe everything for all I care. It's really up to you. Uh, but tread carefully. It, it. it gets dangerous in those social media waters around rumor time because uh, rumors sell, folks. So keep that in mind. But all the reports suggest that the Cubs are ready to spend some money. They're ready to be involved in some of these conversations and make the team better. Ultimately, what that looks like, we can judge at the end of the offseason in its totality. And when we're looking at a team that's ready to break camp and, you know, head to the regular season and stuff. Uh, but th it sounds good, Brendan. I'm, I'm, I'm letting myself believe that it's, it's going to be a big offseason. And as we've noted, it, it really has to be for everybody in the organization they have got to ratchet things up and put an unquestionably better product on the field in 2024. There are a lot of different paths to get there. We will see how creative Jed needs to be, how crazy he ends up getting, what this money situation looks like. Uh, but the ultimate conclusion is he's got to get there. Uh, and that is his job. And we'll see how he does. Uh, Theo's watching, Jed, always over your shoulder, you know. Um Brendan and I will talk to you next week. Uh, I, again, I, I, I would throw out there a reminder, if something like the Craig Council thing happens, we somebody involved in the CHGO Cubs team will be prepared to go live. That one was sort of convenient for us because it was, I think, 30 minutes before. They the, did it just for you guys. Right, the, the yeah. normally scheduled time, but we went early because we had to. So... If stuff happens, whether it's really late at night, super early in the morning, middle of the workday, you can count on the CHGO Cubs team to be with you to react to breaking news, emergency podcasts, and we will be live for it. So, Who would uh, do the can, 2 a.m. shows if they broke Otani at 2 a.m.? I think that would be just you and me. 
Let's go. I don't know if anybody else stays up that late. Maybe Cody. For sure not Luke. Luke we could probably catch on the waking up the next morning at like four in the morning. So yeah. there might be a way to make that work. Uh, but listen, we'll do it. I would love, listen, I would love nothing more than to come on with you at three in the morning to break that Shohei Otani or something is oh Chicago Cup. God. Sign me up. I, I will get out of bed. It's like that. Yeah. I, whatever we have to do, that sounds great. But just a, a good reminder that the CHGO Cubs team and really all of CHGO for, for the different sports that we cover if something happens and we need to talk about it, we will get on and talk about it. Uh, we, we've got a lot of really great people, and we will make it happen. So yep. we appreciate your support. Brendan and I will be back to you next Friday. Cody, Luke, Ryan, as always, usually 120. Uh, and if not, they will let you know throughout the week live. Appreciate the support for CHGO and the CHGO Cubs podcast. Brendan and I will talk to you next week. And as always, go Cubs. <laughs> Y'all city like the mayor.